When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road. And recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hello and welcome back to a special edition episode of Reaction Time, where Ben and I decided to get back together and bring you a full weight-by-weight breakdown of this weekend's big Cyhawk showdown in Iowa City, all courtesy of our friends at Fairway, who are huge supporters of not only college wrestling, but um, what Ben and I do here at Cyclone Fanatic. So shout out to them. Um, Like I said, Ben and I are back. So Ben, it's been, what, 24 hours Almost on the nose. So if for some reason anything crazy happens <laughs> after um, it is 741 technically for us, not sure what time it'll be when you hear this. Um, if anything crazy happens, just keep that in mind. We're recording this on Thursday evening, but we're pumped. As we said on our original episode, um, it's going to be a fun weekend in Iowa City no idea where this duel will start in terms of weight, um, but we'll just keep it traditional for now. Start at 125. Um, ben, do you have any anything crazy to say before we just dive into it? Yeah, we're going to, like Jackie said, we're going to go traditional 125 to heavyweight for the specific breakdown. But like we mentioned in the podcast, um, the first one that we did recorded this week, where this dual meet starts could very well determine who wins and loses. If it starts at 125 and Tom Brands isn't for sure going to wrestle Spencer Lee, that could change a lot of things. If it starts at 133 and Tom Brands gets to see how the duel shakes out and then decides whether or not to wrestle Spencer Lee, that could um, change how things shake out. So we're going to go traditional. Um, We're going to go best and worst case scenarios. And then what we think is going to happen so, for example, best case scenario for Iowa State. This is an Iowa State podcast. We're going best case, worst case for Iowa State <laughs> from that perspective. Um, Aiden Harris versus Kyson Tarakina. 
Aiden Harris is, has had a rough go of it. He's winless. Um, so, for example, for that, Kyson Terakina, real shot at bonus points. I have him winning by a major decision. Um, and then worst case, Spencer Lee takes the mat and pins Kyson Terakina because Spencer Lee is that level wrestler. So that's sort of the breakdown of what we're going to do. Um, best worst case. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun doing this. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited. Um, for those of you who might not be, you know, consistently, um, following wrestling, this is probably the most anticipated Cyhawk duel just because there's a, there's a real, real match here for Iowa state to come in and take down the Hawkeyes and Carver Hawkeye, which is huge, huge. And, so yeah, there's just a lot of eyes on this. And like you said, we're going to do that best and best case, worst case scenario. But like, I feel like even with our knowledge and with all of the time we've spent over the years watching Iowa state so closely and even Iowa from afar, it just could truly go <laughs> so many different directions. Yeah. But, something weird is going to happen. I feel pretty confident in that something weird is going to happen in this dual meet. And uh, who knows what that's going to be, but Last year, I think I could argue that younger Bastida beating Jacob Warner was pretty weird. Then he spiked his headgear and got the whole Iowa bench fired up. So, yeah, I think something crazy is going to happen, and it's going to be awesome when it does. I don't know what it what it's going to be, but I just hope it doesn't cost Iowa State any team, team points. points. Yeah, team <laughs> points are going to be super important. Spiked headgear, while it was awesome last year, didn't impact the result. <laughs> this year, um, it could impact the result. So, yeah, we want to keep control of the of the mat and the corner and make sure we Iowa state keeps all the team points it can get. Which Iowa lost a team point last season too. I'm right. I'm pretty positive. They lost a team point for the situation after. And I think it was mostly specifically in regards to a specific coach kind of <laughs> aggressively going towards uh. the student athletes. That is not me implying or insinuating anything. I think that's literally what happened. Yeah. I think Terry brands got a little excited. <laughs> yeah. I think he rushed the corner a little too soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as Ben said at one twenty five, for me, definitely the worst case for Iowa state is Spencer Lee comes out, but I would argue and dresser said this the other day, he said, we would definitely love to see Spencer Lee out there. Cause you want that. You want him out there. So although it's a weird Weird situation. Yeah, I I agree that if Spencer Lee comes out, I think Kyson Tarakina's worst case is going to be getting pinned. Um, but in the best case, Spencer Lee gets held back, doesn't wrestle till January, and Kyson Tarakina can win with a major decision win to give Iowa State some bonus points because those are also going to be absolutely crucial. So. Agreed 100%. Bonus points could very well determine who wins and loses this dual meet. Um, which, yeah, I think that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, I'm, I am hopeful and just really hoping that Kyson has kind of snapped his head back in the game. <laughs> um, especially when you're heading into this type of gauntlet, I don't know how you don't, you have to be mentally prepared for this. So I'm going to, I'm going to hope and just have confidence that Kyson Tarakin is coming in his best. <laughs> if Spencer Lee wrestles, the best case scenario for Kaisen Terkina, in my opinion, the best case scenario is to hold Spencer Lee to a decision 
and specialty wrestles, that needs to be Kyson's goal. Hold him to a decision. If he could win, great. I don't think that's going to happen. Even best case scenario, I don't see that happening. If he can hold him to a decision, that would be huge. Yeah, I think it's one of those where, I mean, Spencer Lee hasn't wrestled. So, like, you have that little one-up where, although he's a very seasoned, very talented, just an incredible athlete, he hasn't had mat time, which sometimes can... I don't know. It makes a impact. difference. Yeah, it'll impact you some way. So that could definitely help Kyson in that situation. Um, but that'll be exciting. Definitely we'll see where the duel starts. And I think where 125 lines up in that orders should be very telling for everyone. Um so, but moving on to 133. Um, I think Iowa State's for sure gonna throw out Ramazan over Zach Redding. Um, I think just when it comes to comparing the two and the feedback we've gotten about how the two have been doing in the room, I think Ramazan is probably the one who won the wrestle off, I would assume in practice. Um, for me, my best case was either Ramazan winning by a decision or his worst case would be losing by a decision. Yep. I have the exact same, his opponent Colin Shriver, um, is good. Ramazan has proved, he proved last year. He's a solid wrestler. He got number three at big 12s place third. Um, that was a really good result for him. Couldn't quite follow it up at the NCAA championships. He kind of like Spencer Lee heard at the beginning of the season, but he has gotten mat time. He, uh, wrestled against Grandview. He wrestled at the cyclone open. So he's gotten off some of that mat rust. Um, but I agree with you. Best case scenario, Ramazan wins by decision. Worst case, he loses by decision. I don't see bonus points either way in this matchup. Um, but it's one I was texting with KJ Pilcher from the Cedar Rapids Gazette, former coworker of mine. And while there's a lot of great matchups, high level, like 197 is number two versus number five or whatever. 165 is David Carr versus um, Kennedy, Patrick Kennedy. Those are going to be phenomenal matchups against top-ranked guys. Those are the matches people are going to focus on, and they should. But 133, a guy, two guys who are unranked, this could be the type of match that swings the duel one way or the other. So while on paper it's not this high-ranking matchup against two well-known guys, it's a match that can swing a duel meet, and it it's really is just as important as any other match, even though it doesn't have the surrounding hype. Yeah, I think it's definitely, um, I think the duel itself, as we've said and reiterated the importance of just truly every single little thing in 133 is going to be one of those, like you said, because they're just kind of so even matched. And he, um, his opponent, Shriver. Shriver, I think Shriver, Shriver, it's one of the two. (laughs) Someone let us know if we pronounce it wrong, but he, um, his loss, his only loss was against Penn's, um, Oh gosh, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce Michael's last name. Cole. No, it's a tough one. I can't pronounce it either. <laughs> I hate butchering athlete's name, so I'm not gonna try it. But Shriver's only loss was to um Penn's 133 pounder. So <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those situations where they're I would say, yeah, they're pretty evenly matched. It could go either way. I think they've both shown they're capable, but they might have their hiccups and everyone seems to wrestle different when they wrestle in the wrestle and play in all Cyhawk <laughs> matchups. <laughs> so I'm, I'll be, like you said, very interested to see 
where that match goes. And I, I hope that's one of those ones that gives us like a weird outcome that we weren't anticipating. Like, of course, swinging towards Iowa state more, but like Ramazan coming out and getting bonus point win out of that. Yeah. That would be huge. That could be something that would, that could be the something weird. It for sure could. I agree. But which something we've, continued and probably will continue to talk into March about Iowa State's freshman 141. You have Casey Swiderski who has very much separated himself and shown um, his talent is going to go. I'm going to, again, same thing with Spencer Lee. I think real woods is coming out out. Um, even though he hasn't, um, he is listed in the probables. So mm-hmm. unlike Spencer. <laughs> yep. So I think it's, I think it's one of those you can count on. Tom's just letting us know real woods is coming out. <laughs> yeah. Um, And for me, I guess I have it in the best case, deci- best case situation. <laughs> Casey Swarderski pulls a decision win and worst case he gets um major decision. Um, And I, I real woods is a, good athlete. He's a good competitor. This will be a fun matchup, but I think Casey Swiderski has done enough to separate himself just into the season. And I think because of how much coach and David Carr as well have hyped up the confidence and just how good these guys feel about themselves. And when I say these guys, I mean, Pinero and Casey, I think Casey could very much come in and beat real woods because he's good and he has that confidence. And I think the mental game plays a huge part in your success as well. Oh, it for sure does, especially in the sport like wrestling. I couldn't agree more that mental is as impactful as physical sometimes. Um, yeah, real woods is a Stanford transfer. Uh, he transferred when Stanford said they were going to cut their program. They ended up keeping it, which I'm very happy about, but real woods did leave. He went to Iowa and this is a top end wrestler. He's very, very good. But like Spencer Lee, if Spencer Lee wrestles, he's going to have some mat rest on him, mat rust on him. And Swarderski has shown that he can beat high level competition and he can compete with high level competition. Um, like Dresser likes to say, he's a little savage. So <laughs> I actually have best case scenario Swarderski winning by major decision in this one worst case scenario i have woods winning by decision i do think swarderski is a slight favorite in this matchup now jackie talked a lot about his self-confidence and how confident he is in himself what i'm interested in seeing is how that confidence plays in carver hawkeye if he gives up if swarderski gives up an early takedown gets shaken he hears the crowd he feels the crowd i want to see how he responds to that because it's, and Swarovski said this in the beginning of the season when he beat the ranked Wisconsin kid, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And literally, he didn't punch the guy, but his head did. And then the guy bled all over the place and his plan went out the window. Swarovski won easily. If Swarovski gets metaphorically punched in the face, how does he respond? How does he respond to potentially being down late or giving up a takedown, which he didn't want to give up at the end of the period? Something like that. Let's say something like that happens. I want to see how he responds mentally. I have faith. And I think that he will respond well, but when you're a true freshman and you're in that kind of environment for the first time, it can be a little bit different. So um, while I think Swiderski probably wins, there is some real air of uncertainty with this one as well. 
I want to go as far as to say, I guess it's not like that crazy of a take, but um, I think when we look at both freshmen and Panera Johnson and Casey Swiderski, I think I'm more confident, and maybe this is because of their opponents, I'm more confident in Panero having a like impressive, like, oh, he made your decision to his opponent. And I could see Casey maybe slipping and losing by, I don't know, three to two. <laughs> um, and maybe more, who knows? Like you said, I I think with Real Woods not having a lot of live action this season, it, it just really kind of makes it a, who knows what's going to happen that, there. I think that swings it in Swarovski's favor that Real Woods hasn't seen much mat time or any mat time in live action. Um, but yeah, going to the Panero, that's one where, He's going against Max Mirren, who when we were when me and Jackie were talking on before we started recording, I kind of compared Mirren to Ian Parker. And both guys are really tough. And they're Ian Parker's entire career, he was ranked somewhere between five and ten, his entire career. And he was always good, never great, never was able to rack up a bunch of bonus points and get a bunch of bonus points when they're just tough guys who get takedowns when they need to and do that sort of thing hand fight hard that stuff so i like that matchup for panero johnson we saw against austin gomez who beat the number one guy yanni yakamahalas a couple weeks ago last week was that last week that happened um so we've seen panero beat the best guys i'm excited for the max mirren match because casey or panero johnson has some great counter offense. I love his counter offense. When he decides to shoot, he's really good. So if he's in the right mindset, that's one where I like Panero Johnson beating number, I think Max Mirren's number seven. I like Johnson in that matchup. Now, worst case, yeah, Max Mirren can win this match. So a decision for Iowa. But again, this is one where I'm kind of leaning Panero Johnson, I think has a real chance and maybe should win this should is strong, but I think there's a real possibility for Panero Johnson to pull out a win here. Yeah. I think I'm confident that Panero can do it, especially if, because he's such a young guy, I think, I feel like maybe because, you know, you're kind of still like deer in headlights. This is all still so new, but like that, the technicality of your wrestling, like just the point I'm trying to get at, I feel like dresser is obviously, you know, having conversations with these guys, amping them up. The older guys I'm sure are sharing their stories about wrestling in Carver Hawkeye. I feel like if Panero Johnson can just clean up those little things that dresser has, you know, commented on in the last few weeks, like those, just those little things that can really separate yourself in a match. And if he can just continue to carry that confidence that he has, where he truly believes he is the best. And as you said, he has literally beat Austin Gomez who has beat the best. I think Pinero could put on such a solid show and just make Carvajal. I hate him. And that would just be an incredible thing for the freshman. I think that would be awesome. That would be, I think a huge highlight to walk away with um out of the whole duel without even acknowledging what might happen after <laughs> if they obviously wrestle traditionally so yeah i think my worst case is winning by decision my best case is winning by decision or his worst case is losing by decision but i think in reality i think he has a real chance of 
getting bonus points out of this if he just has all his ducks in a row. <laughs> he almost got bonus points against Gomez. He got that last takedown. And if he could have, I mean, you don't want to try to turn someone and you're about to win. So I get it. But if you had gone for a little cheap tilt or something, got a two count, he would have made your decision to Austin Gomez. So that's not out of the question. I would not expect that. I would not go into this doing me expecting Panero Johnson to major decision Max Mirren. But it's something that if Panero Johnson wrestles really, really well, it could happen. It's on the table. I just feel like because they're so young, it the way the atmosphere is going to like the atmosphere can impact them. Especially I haven't experienced it yet, but it just sounds like it's going to be a very it's intimidating awesome. space if you just have it been there before, which that's what's going to make this fun. Um, but moving on to 157, we have Jason Kreiser versus, um, oh gosh, how do you pronounce it, Ben? Kobe Seabrecht. Seabrecht. I kept messing it up yesterday. <laughs> um, you know, I... Jason Kreiser has been so fun so far, but we're starting to get into the fun of the season where, you know, they're facing solid opponents that really put it to them. And I think with 157, and I think you and I might've said the same answer, but I'm going to say that the best case for Kreiser is if he goes in and loses, it's keeping it to a decision and not letting Iowa get any bonus points out of this. Yeah, agreed. Um, Seabrecht is the reigning Big Ten Wrestler of the Week. He's not one of their highly ranked guys. It's not like he's ranked top five or top ten or anything, but he pinned the pen kid that he wrestled last week, um, and he's pinned more than a few opponents this week. He is one of those guys where he goes for pins. Jason Kreiser's in that same mold. We saw it against Grandview. He's going to like rolling around on the mat. He's going to put himself in some pretty precarious situations sometimes. So like Jackie, I have Kreiser best case losing by decision. Now in total fairness, Kreiser can win. I don't want to say that it's impossible for him not to win. He can win this match, but I think it's pretty unlikely. And I think um, decision is best case and worst case is the roll around the mat and Seabrecht sticks him and gets a pin. So as much as it's fun to watch Jason Kreiser roll around, kind of hoping he doesn't as much. <laughs> I want him to stay off his back. So, but I mean, you don't, and dresser said this too. You don't want to take, you don't want to take away what a guy does best. Uh, but you do want to refine it sometimes. So hopefully he's refined it a little bit. I think that's what might make this matchup interesting is because I think they'll both want to do that since clearly that's what one um Seabricked his match last week was that he managed to get, you know, in one of those fluke moments where you're just rolling around and you get the guy on his back, you win by pin, which is what we've seen Jason Kreiser do. So I think it could be one of those things where like he did against Grandview, same thing. They just, you know, did their thing and eventually it came out in Kreiser's favor. I just think that when you're going against a program like Iowa, where they're a little more fine-tuned um, in their coaching and how they're being prepared. So I think, yeah, like you said, this might be a place where Jason Kreiser might not find that success. He's seen himself get from those scrambles, but I think it could be fun. Like I said, I tweeted Jason Kreiser has been my favorite so far because it's just been so fun. So 
Um, I would, like you said, I do believe he could win, but I'm where I'm at. I just keep it to a decision if you're going to lose. Yeah, I'm with you. Speaking of fun, 165, David Carr versus Patrick Kennedy. Patrick Kennedy was a very highly ranked recruit coming out of high school. He's ranked, what is he now? Uh, in the mid-teens, he's 15, 13, or 16, depending on where you look at. Uh, David Carr has obviously proved himself to be among the best wrestlers in the nation at 165. Um, so this is one where I think David Carr wins probably no matter what. Patrick Kennedy's obviously going to want to prove himself, so he's going to have plenty of motivation to get out there and get after it. Um, but we've seen that before from guys. Uh, I, Jared Franick from North Dakota State always comes to mind. Um, he always seems to come out like he's going to wrestle and wrestle hard, but then by the third period, he's just trying not to get taken down. And I could see that sort of thing happening here. I could see Patrick Kennedy coming out, shooting shots, trying to get to his own offense. But David Carr, and I think I say this every time I mention David Carr, is one of the <laughs> most technically sound wrestlers on the the planet he is never out of position and i think it's so frustrating for guys and i think we've seen it with frantic last year it's just so frustrating that david carr is never out of position that by the time the third period rolls around like i can't what am i supposed to do against this guy because like we say david carr is known for offense as he should be but his defense is second and none in the country so um i think this is one where best case scenario Carr wins by bonus points. I have major decision, um, but really we've seen Carr work on his mat game a little bit. We've seen him get some tilts. If he starts getting to some tilts, it could, you know, grow into tech fall territory. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on that, but I have major decision. Worst case scenario, I have Carr winning by decision. I think it wouldn't be unreasonable for a six to three result to happen or eight to three or anything like that. But um, I don't really see a way Carr loses this match. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I would agree. I have it. Best case, he wins by tech fall. And worst case, he wins by decision. But as we've discussed, mental game is a huge thing. I I think Kyvin Gadsden is the one who's told me it's like 90% mental, 10% physical when it comes to wrestling. And as many of us know, um, David Carr competed this summer. Um, and with when David got, you know, sent to U23 world championships, he was able to go um, over Patrick Kennedy because of his senior status so I think Patrick Kennedy is going to be coming in, you know, chippy chip on my shoulder. This guy got this spot over me, which I think will add, you know, t- not only do, do both guys on all both sides of the lineup hate each other in this moment, but I mean, you're literally talking about wrestling over the summer at U23 nationals, you know? So there's just a little extra, extra spice <laughs> to, uh, 165 with David Carr and Patrick Kennedy. So I'm, I'm taking David winning regardless. It's just going to, we're just going to see how he wins. <laughs> yeah. I'm opinion. with you. Um, but moving on to 174, uh, Nelson brands, son of Terry brands and, uh, Julian Broderson at yeah. 174. Ben, how are you feeling? <laughs> this is one where, I don't know if it's a true toss up, but I could see it being a toss up. If you wanted to make the argument, this is a toss up. I would buy that argument. I think technically Nelson brands is probably a slight favorite, um, but he's been a little bit inconsistent. So best case scenario, I have Julian Broderson winning by decision. Worst case, I have brands winning by decision. Um, but brands is he's in the mold of his dad and uncle. He's a little bit crazy. <laughs> and I remember back when I was at the Gazette uh, and helping KJ Pilcher out at the state tournament, um, I had was supposed to interview Nelson Brands after he won his first or second round match. And I went up to him in the concourse after his match. I was like, hey, can I get you real quick for an interview? He's like, no interviews until I win the finals. I was like, all right, great. So, yeah, he's in that same kind of crazy person mold of, He's going to focus on what he's focused on. And if you try to talk to him about anything else, he will not give you the time of day. <laughs> he's very, he's very committed to wrestling. I'll say that, but he hasn't necessarily had all the results to back that up. I would rather a wrestler tell me like, Hey, do you mind if we do this later? Like my mind is just not here right now. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, of course, absolutely. No problem. Um, I mean, I've had that happen before. I mean, mm-hmm. where, and, and I've never had it happen between me and a wrestler. I've just had, you know, the SID text, Hey, they kind of would rather we wait. Like, do you mind? Is, is that a problem? And it's just like, no, of course not. I would not know what to do. If just straight up like, Nope. <laughs> so, but I have the same scenarios win by decision, lose by decision. Um, and I feel confident Julian Broderson could come in and win this. Julian Broderson has shown, you know, He's had good matches, good wins, um, but can have the occasional, you know, inconsistency. But I think when you look at Nelson Brands, who's ranked higher, um, I'm going strictly off of just 
looking back at his history with Iowa State, he beat Joel Devine three to one. And um the last time they wrestled before that, he beat Sam Colbray four to three. Like these are matches that are very low scoring and could easily be swung either way. So I think it again, it, it's one of those where I think it'll go either way, but Nelson Brands being a little crazier might be <laughs> <laughs> might give him the edge. Yeah, my my swing him over Julian Broderson. I wouldn't classify Julian Broderson as crazy. No, not to the level Nelson is. <laughs> um, but next up, you have 184 with Marcus Coleman and Abe Assad. I have best case, Marcus wins by ma- major decision. Worst case, he wins by decision. I'm going to, those are my scenarios. I think if Coleman's just out of place in some way, just slips in some way he might lose, but I'm going to feel confident and say Marcus is winning either way. Yeah. Marcus would have to have a really off night to lose this match. I think, um, then this isn't necessarily relevant to this matchup, but when Julian Broderson and Abe Assad were both red shirting, Julian Broderson pinned Abe Assad, uh, in one of the open tournaments, I forget which one. So, Coleman has really proven himself over these last two years, last year and this year. And I love the way he's wrestling. I love the way he does wrestle. And for my predictions, I have the same as you major decision or decision. Either way, I think he wins, but I do think Marcus Coleman winning by pin is on the table. I was just going to say that (laughs) Marcus over the last couple of years, by the time the third period rolls around, Marcus wrestles hard. And I don't know if he necessarily gets all the credit he deserves for how hard he wrestles and how hard he goes, because his guys are gassed when they walk off the mat after they compete against him. And there's times in the third period where guys are like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to get pinned. Like I'm going to (laughs) fight off of it, but Marcus is really technically sound. He has a great gas tank and he ends up pinning guys in the third period. I could see that happening now. I will tell you, and I forget who said this quote, maybe Jackie, you remember, we're the best conditioned team in the country. So they believe they're really well conditioned. Um, But I like Marcus in this matchup just straight up. And I do think it pins on the table, even though I think a major decision or decision is more likely. I think you could, mm, I don't know how, what to what to put on the table but i think if you look up how many times i have tweeted marcus pinning machine <laughs> coleman <laughs> you can find a lot <laughs> over the years and like yeah like you said i don't think marcus gets enough credit i think we all just acknowledge that marcus is a really good guy he's so consistent he has been so consistent in the last few what two two and a half years yeah two and a half years, years i think is fair yeah, yeah that Everyone's just like, oh, Marcus Coleman? Yeah, he's good. He's going to come in and win. Because he's just been, his growth, his growth has just been awesome to watch. He, like you said, he's just an incredible um, athlete. And I have enjoyed watching him evolve from where he was when I first started to where he is now. And I was, uh, when we were in availability, I mean, he was a man of few words for the most part in general, when he's in one of those bigger media scrum environments, he's tends to keep things kind of to his chest, just kind of gives you a straight answer. And I mean, from what little he said, he's ready. I feel like he's mentally ready to go into this gauntlet and perform well. 
and make Iowa people hate him. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. We were talking with Cody Goodwin before availability from the register, Cody Goodwin. Uh, and we all pretty much agreed that there's a very, not legitimate chance, but a very real possibility, almost expectation that Marcus Coleman could get third this year at NCAAs. Aaron Brooks is probably going to win. That's not really in question unless he gets hurt <laughs> somehow. But then after that, it's Kekheisen from you and I and Coleman. And really, if Coleman gets the right draw, Coleman could end up facing Brooks in the finals of the NCAA championships. Obviously, we have to get to March 1st before all this happens. But we're having this conversation because of wrestling people. And yeah, Marcus Coleman is at that level of he could be an NCAA finalist and really third is almost an expectation for him at this point. So that's the level that Marcus Coleman has brought himself to, which is awesome to see. And it, I mean, it's his final season. Like he said, it. it's his last Cyhawk matchup. Like it's one of those where you got to leave it all on the map. <laughs> like if you're ever going to wrestle free in this matchup, this is it. Cause this is it. So I think that type of mentality definitely is going to help him and be in his favor to just kind of show up and be ready to get down to business. So I'm excited. I am excited for that matchup just cause I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see Marcus um, compete against Iowa. So. Yeah. And Assad is a top 10 guy too. Like I, I want to make that clear. I don't know if we had Assad is ranked number nine or 10. So he is one of those guys who could stand on the podium at the end of the year. I think what, what Jackie and I are saying just goes to show how highly we think of Marcus that really major decision is very much on the table. And at worst case, Marcus Coleman wins by decision. So that's, that's the level of Mar the wrestler that Marcus Coleman has brought himself to, which is, like I said, great to see. Yes. Thank you. That's a good, good, good way to put it. It's not going to be like a Marcus shows up and does it in 10 seconds type of thing. <laughs> it'll yeah. be, a, it'll be a good full three periods. Um, which speaking of exciting matchups between two very explosive individuals, um, 197, you have Jacob Warner and younger Bastida. This was probably the most exciting matchup last season. And I think for Jacob Warner and younger Bastida, this is going to also once again be the exciting matchup of the um, duel this week. Jacob Warner said, we hate Iowa state just flat out in an interview. And I'm sure if younger would have been at media availability, he would have told us he was ready to rip some heads off. So <laughs> um, I have this best case. He wins by decision. Worst case, he loses by decision. Yep. I have the exact same. Um, I, this is, this is a true toss up. Jacob Warner is ranked number two. Mm -hmm. I think, um, younger Bastida is, I think wrongly ranked number six or five. I think younger Bastida <laughs> should be at minimum three, but part of that is they still have Steve Buchanan who, transferred from Wyoming to Oklahoma, but he's going to be ineligible for the rest of the year now. So you got to take him out. But I think, yeah, they have, they have young Bastida ranked number six on intermat. And I think, I think he should be three and I could make an argument for two. Um, they have Rocky Elam ahead of him. Who's younger is beaten. He's, they got Bernie Truax ahead of him, who I think younger is probably better than, and then they got Jacob Warner who younger beat last year. 
And I think if Younger does win this, I think he's comfortably number two in the nation behind uh, Penn State's Max Dean. And Max Dean is not invincible. Again, I don't want to talk about March right now, but sometimes the mind wanders. <laughs> and um, Younger, I think the key to this matchup will be whether or not Younger's map game is up to the level that we expect it to be. Last year, Younger had no problems getting out from bottom and really riding time was negligible. If that happens again this year, I like Younger Bastida to win. I am of the very firm belief that no one can keep up with Younger Bastida if they're on their feet. If they're going takedowns, I like Younger. I think the issue comes in where maybe Younger Bastida's mat game isn't quite to the level that I expect it to be. If Jacob Warner is able to put on a hard ride, build riding time, I think it gets pretty scary for Bastida at that point because when you're getting rode a lot, especially in Carver Hawkeye, the ref's probably going to give you a stall warning or two. Um, people in Carver, for those that haven't been, will yell stalling every second they get a chance to. So, bless you, Jackie just sneezed. I don't know if she muted it herself <laughs> or not, but she did I just did and I forgot. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, so that's going to be, if Younger can't get up from bottom, I think that's where this match gets a little bit hairy. But if he does get out, I like Younger Bastida. And by decision, I don't see this being some nine to one type of deal or anything like that. I don't see major decision on the table really. Uh, but I do like something in the six to three range or six to four, seven to four, something in that range, I think is very much on the table for younger. I just feel like because you have two 197 pounders, so these are not small men. No, <laughs> so especially I, both of these guys. Yeah, and I just feel like because they are just so fueled with anger <laughs> and just desire to just kill each other, it, I feel like we're not going to know. Like, it could truly be decided in those last few seconds because, like you said, um, all of the things about what could land younger on the opposite end of winning. I feel like at the same time, because I've seen younger just become the Hulk. I feel like if he ends up on bottom and he in any shape or form feels, he might not be able to get up. He's just going to go nuts. He's just going to physically combust to get out. And I'm very excited for this match. And I think because they're both just so high emotions and they're just such aggressive, they feel it so aggressively. Um, and with Jacob Warner having such a chip on his shoulder after losing, um, I think it's going to be so scrappy and just so entertaining. And Ben and I discussed this. I've, we were talking about, well, how do other fan bases feel about younger? How do they see younger? And I think if there's any fan base that genuinely just despises him, it's probably going to be Carver Hawkeye. Yeah. And... I don't expect younger to get a warm welcome. I'll say that. <laughs> and it's just going to be beautiful. I think it's going to be beautiful. I bet people who aren't huge wrestling fans, if they heard us, they'd be like, why are they rooting for us? <laughs> I want uh, chaos. Want safe, chaos. Safe chaos, of course, but I want but yes, chaos. You bring up a good point with high emotions. Last year, Younger got a team point deducted for spiking his headgear. This year, because both Jackie and I do expect this matchup to be a lot closer, and even when I was texting with KJ, he agrees that it's 
this dual meet is almost a toss up. I mean, when you look, when you look at it and break down the numbers, like Jackie and I are, there's one or two matches that could decide this as emotional at this, as this match might be between Bastida and Warner, you have to keep those emotions in check. When the final whistle blows, you can't spike your headgear as awesome as that is. You can't get in someone's face, but you need every team point you can get in a matchup like this. So as fun as it was, uh, last year when it happened, this is one where you have to be a little bit more restrained. Which like, like I said, I think both guys will be so emotional and just wanting to win that Jacob Warner might have years worth of knowing these exact rules and how to keep them in check. I still think it could just get nasty Yeah, in the best could. way. <laughs> um, but Moving on, as I know, we could literally talk about Younger all day. We'll close it out with heavyweight. You have Tony Cassiope, who, my God, it feels like he's been here for years. Um, <laughs> going up against Sam Schuyler. Um, Tony Cassiope is an incredible heavyweight. I think if there's, if you sit me down to talk about Iowa wrestling, he's definitely one of those guys that I would talk about in terms of who I respect in their um, craft. I, I want to believe, and I think this is, this is where you and I might've had a difference in a, in what we chose. I have best case. um, No, we might be the same best case. Sam loses by decision. And then worst case, he loses by major decision. But I all, I think I'm just being soft and I want to say that Sam might have a chance to win by decision, like a two to one, two to one, three to one type of score only because of how much Sam has improved since last year and how much more muscle he's put on. So he might come in and be able to face off against Tony Cassiope in ways. Maybe he wasn't able to last season. Yeah. Uh, I'm I think because Sam Schuyler has improved so much, that's why I think he keeps it to a decision. I'm, I don't see Schuyler winning this match at all. Last year, if anyone remembers, uh, Cassiope stalled him out, which that means you got five stall calls against you. So Sam Schuyler was called, called for stall five times, which is monumental. Uh, and essentially lose by fall is how it's scored. So uh, Cassiope got 16 points for Iowa. So I think because Sam Scott has gotten better, he would be able to keep it to a decision and not get stalled out, not get pinned, that sort of thing. But Cassiope is ranked number four in the nation. He's up there with the best of the best. Um, guys like Greg Kirkfleet and uh, Colton Schultz of Arizona State. So uh, I think there's a little bit different level that Cassiope's at. So I see best case scenario is Cassiope wins by decision. Worst case scenario is Skyler either gets pinned or gets stalled out again. I don't think that happens. I'd be surprised if it did, but it is on the table because Cassiope is very, very good. Um, so it's, I, I kind of hope they don't go traditional when they choose um, what weight they start at. I do hope they do something weird. I hope they end at 33 or 25 or do something a little bit different just because I do think this is going to be very, very close dual meet. And if it ends 
yeah, I don't know. It's going to be weird. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. This whole, this whole entire thing, not just the weights, but the weight that they start at could determine a lot of this dual meet. I want to go as far to say that if, <clears throat> excuse me, that if they go traditional, that we'll know the winner of the duel before we go into heavyweight. I think that's probably fair. And we've seen Sam thrive in those moments where he's, you know, the one closing out the duel. It's literally on his back, whether Iowa State wins or not. But I think in this specific duel, I don't know that that's the case. I don't think Sam would have that opportunity because I think the other weights would be just so nuts that we would know by heavyweight. I think it'll be different if they switch up the order. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's totally fair. Which, this is going to be such a crazy dual meet. <laughs> yeah, I I like, hope it is. I hope it's such a crazy dual meet. Everything we've said could literally be wrong by Sunday. <laughs> like, the only, truly where I sit right now, the only thing I feel 100% about is that David Carr is going to win. Yep. I, I also feel pretty confident that Marcus Coleman wins. But that's pretty confident. So you're right. So totally confident. Yeah, David Carr is going to win. And then if Spencer Lee wrestles, I feel confident that he wins. Other than that, there's not anything that I'm 100% sold on. I, on this topic, I think I, this is a good time to bring up this quote. Um, Coach Brands had his availability this week. Um, Cody uh, Goodwin put this out, but I, in my time covering the team, I've never necessarily heard Tom Brands acknowledge the rivalry in a way where he um, acknowledges that it's important. You can correct me if I'm wrong in case he has, but in a quote, um, he said, it's always been important. It's an in-state rivalry, rivalry where it's important at both places. It's been important at both places before I got here. It's been important at both places before Gable got here. That's not changing. We circle circle it in red we highlight it we emphasize it is it significant you're doggone right it is and so i feel like when you have both coaches like tom brand <laughs> you know everyone is agreeing that this sunday is literally so important that should just tell you because usually you have you know the iowa guys kind of dismissing it because you know they believe they're their best and they're going to go in and get the job done and go back being the successful program they are. And I remember very early on when Dresser first got here, it might've been the first year, um, I asked him about the Iowa duel. And I remember he told me, he's like, well, it's hard to call it a rivalry when you're always losing. But like that is so far from the energy you're getting now where they stand right now. So I think the rivalry has finally gotten to a place where both sides of the mat are confident they can win and both fan bases are feeling smug and ready to just pummel each other which hopefully no fan fights break out on sunday <laughs> yeah no fan fights please as fun as the environment is <laughs> don't do that yeah and that's something we should probably bring up iowa state hasn't won cyhawk dual meet since 2004 um, they got close a couple years ago when Austin Gomez almost pinned Austin DeSanto inches away from it. Um, but unfortunately he wasn't able to secure that pin. So Iowa state lost by a point. 
And then last year there was some hype around it. Hey, it could be competitive, but Iowa came into Hilton and put it to Iowa state for the most part. But this is one where even more than last year, Iowa state has a very, very legitimate chance to win. And my final score prediction is I do have Iowa winning based off of my predictions, 20 to 16, but there are weights like 133 where I have Iowa winning, but there's no reason that Ramazan can't beat Colin Schreiber. There are weights like um, 149. I actually have Max Mirren beating Panero Johnson, but there's no reason Panero Johnson can't win that and potentially extend that lead. Um, there are just so many toss-ups that it could go either way. Iowa, Iowa could win 20 to 16 or Iowa state could win 21 to 15 or whatever numbers that is. So this is a toss up dual meet. It might go down to the last weight. Um, it's going to be really interesting to watch. It might go down as whether or not Spencer Lee wrestles. If Spencer Lee wrestles, that might put Iowa over the top. If he doesn't wrestle, Iowa state probably wins. So it's, there's a lot of storylines to follow with this one. Yeah, both programs are currently 5-0. and um, A big thing for those of you who might not be aware of this too, Iowa State has won 18 straight as of now, which is the song- second longest active streak nationally, and it's the fourth longest in program history. The last time Iowa State lost a duel was against Iowa. So... Yeah, like you said, so many different storylines with individuals, with the programs, as as individual programs and against each other. It's just, like I said the other day, this is Christmas. <laughs> this is wrestling Christmas. And this is the biggest duel of, I guess, the first half of the season. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. And building off your Christmas theme, each weight, each match is going to be like a present. And you just hope you don't, you don't, you hope you don't open too much coal. <laughs> it just, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. It starts at one thirty. You can watch it on the big 10 network, throw it on your phones, listen to it. Like <laughs> however you can, you have, if you're someone who's going to change the channel, once Iowa state basketball tips off that's totally fine but like spend the that 30 minutes before watching this duel because i don't think regardless of what the outcome is i think it's going to be such a good duel something crazy has to happen for it to be boring <laughs> yeah and jackie correct me if i'm wrong but um nate carr david carr's dad is doing a radio broadcast on the varsity sports app for this one isn't he yes he is yeah, it's so Joe if you're going to turn to the basketball game, which is fine, I'm not going to, but I guess you can. It's up to you. It's up to you. <laughs> if you do do that, throw on the Varsity Sports Network app and listen to Nate Carr. For one to follow along with the dual meet, but two, I sat next to Nate Carr. I sat next to Nate Carr uh, during the <laughs> Cal Baptist dual meet, and he is incredible on the radio. You will come away very pleased if you do that he is very very good on the radio you will learn a lot about wrestling you'll learn a lot about him how he views the world how he views wrestling um and you'll learn just a lot about the matchups so if that if you do change the channel that's fine throw on the varsity sports (laughs) network app and listen to nate carr because he is very very good at what he does and I will be in carver so i will be tweeting from my personal account 
at Jacqueline Cord. Um, I'll do weight by weight updates. Um, and then if there's anything crazy happening, of course, I'll be throwing those nuggets in there. Um, I'll have my camera. So I'll definitely be trying to capture all of this because I think every single piece of uh, creative content that can be captured is going to be important. So we'll definitely have you covered in all sorts of ways. And I hear Ben and I might be doing a reaction podcast. Uh oh, <laughs> I said has to win for that. I think. <laughs> so yeah, hopefully my drive. But back if you want to... more of us really root for that Iowa state win. You're getting a lot of us this week. <laughs> <laughs> so like I said, 1.30 PM, uh, Big Ten Network, or as we said, the Varsity is it app. Is it an app? It's an app. Yeah, I think okay. so. Um, you can tune in to the radio. Otherwise, yeah, as usual, follow along on Twitter. Um, it's going to be a good one. Any last minute thoughts, Ben? No, I'm very excited. I do feel like a kid on Christmas. As do I, as do I, as many of us, <laughs> I'm sure the, the wrestling forums agree, <laughs> but all right. Well, again, thanks to our sponsors, uh, fairway who support the sport of wrestling. I'm sure there'll be plenty of fairway folks at this duel. Um, so yeah, shout out to fairway. And again, thanks for listening guys.